Hello and welcome to Social Work Sorted, the podcast. My name is Vicky and I'm hoping to sound less like a robot for episode two of the podcast, so thank you for listening. The first episode has had a really good response. If you want to be notified with every new episode, then please subscribe. If you find this podcast helpful, then please leave a review and let me know in the comments what you found helpful or if there's anything you'd like me to cover in upcoming episodes. Today's podcast is a couple of days behind my self-imposed schedule because I lost my voice. So as you can imagine, that made recording a podcast impossible. I wasn't able to work and I had to practice what I preach and just rest, which I found really difficult. But it was also what I needed to get better. I've got a really lovely manager who's really supportive, but I know not everyone has that same experience. So this is just a reminder for anyone listening If you're not well, it's okay to take time off to get better. That's what I needed to hear last week, so I think there might be someone out there who needs to hear that this week. Your health is more important than anything, and I know how stressful it can be when you're thinking about taking time off. I know how stressful it can be thinking about the work that is going to build up, but you have to look after yourself. So that little TED Talk is over. If you missed episode one, I'm taking you through the steps of a home visit in the first few episodes of this podcast. Episode one covered preparation for a home visit and in today's episode I want to look at planning for a home visit. We're going to be looking at the logistics of planning a visit, making sure you're safe and managing anxiety. So I'm going to start with logistics. If you're going on a home visit you need to know where you're going. You need to check that you have the correct address. It sounds basic, but I know plenty of social workers, me included, who have turned up at the wrong address simply because they didn't double check before they left the office. Making sure you have an address written down is also a good idea. Again, it might sound obvious, but if you're busy and rushing, then these are the simple things that can be forgotten. If you're as bad as directions as I am, it can be a really good idea to check on maps ahead of setting off. Sometimes a postcode won't lead you to an exact address, it might just be an area. Sometimes house numbers might not be straightforward or sometimes names of buildings or flat numbers might be a bit confusing when you first arrive. So you want to have an idea of where you're going and you want to have enough time to make sure you find the property. Next, we need to think about transport. So how are you going to arrive and leave a visit? If you're a car driver, then you need to think about parking somewhere accessible, ideally somewhere uncovered and somewhere that you can set off with from ease. Think about whether you can park your car in a way that means when you're leaving, you can just get in and drive off. So giving yourself time to think about this means that when you leave a visit, maybe feeling exhausted or overwhelmed, you aren't then stuck trying to manoeuvre your car out of a ridiculous parking spot because you didn't think about where you were parking when you arrived. Again, I say that from experience. If you're getting public transport, then make sure you think about your return journey as well as your journey to a home. You'll need to know bus or train times and routes so that you're not left waiting at the end of your visit. Make a note of your surroundings when you're walking from a bus stop or a car park to a property. I know my worst habit is looking down at my phone because I'm so attached to the map, but paying attention means that you know which way to turn when you leave a visit. I'm talking a lot from experience here because I'm very bad at directions, but I've come out of many visits feeling so distracted, I've ended up walking well out of my way before realising I've taken a wrong turn. 
I would also think about the time of your visit when you're considering logistics. Here in the UK, we're just coming into spring, so the evenings are getting much lighter. But in winter, it's possible to get to a visit in daylight and leave in the dark. So you need to think about the routes that you're taking and whether they're safe in both daylight and darkness. This moves us on to thinking about safety. Obviously, your safety as a social worker always has to be a priority. We need to think about how to be safe on home visits. What's really important is this doesn't mean we're making an assumption that everyone we go and visit is dangerous or poses a risk. Sadly, there are instances where social workers or frontline workers are placed at risk when they do home visits. And there are instances that you may have read about where social workers have been hurt and harmed. We do need to be mindful of this when we're doing home visits, but we also don't want it to cloud the work that we do or impact the dynamic too much when we're going on a home visit. Prioritising your safety doesn't mean you assume the worst in people. But what safety planning for your visit will do is ensure that you're feeling calm and comfortable during a visit. If you've thought about your safety before you start a visit, you're not going to find yourself midway through a conversation pausing to think about where your car's parked or looking at the time and panicking because it's gone dark. I think the main thing to consider in terms of safety on a home visit is whether you should be working alone. Now, if you're a student listening to this, I would be questioning whether it's appropriate of you to be completing visits alone. If that's something you're being asked to do regularly, I would be raising that. If you're a newly qualified social worker, then there is an expectation that you need to visit alone at times. But if you don't feel confident or safe, then you do need to raise this. You can visit with a more experienced worker or with another newly qualified social worker, or even be creative and do joint visits with another professional. Joint visits aren't just for safety, so they can give an alternative perspective to things as well. It's a really good idea to get into the habit of continuing joint visits, even when you move into being a more experienced social worker. Being safe means letting people know where you are. So I would recommend using your online calendar to record where you were visiting. It's something that doesn't take long to do, but it means that if no one knows where you are, there's a really easy way to check your location. If you include a time estimate of your visit on your online calendar, it means somebody can check up on you if you aren't back when you're supposed to be. Some teams use WhatsApp to stay in touch with each other, but it might not be for everyone. If you're starting a new role, it's really important to find out how you check in after visits. Read the loan working policy and guidelines at your workplace. Make sure that you have a discussion with your manager if you're doing visits, particularly ones that are later on in the day, so that there's some accountability, there's somebody looking out for you and someone's going to be aware if you're not back when you say that you're going to be back. It's important to think about really basic things like making sure your phone is charged. Again, it sounds obvious, but it's often these small things that we might miss when we're rushing around. And finally, think about what steps that you can take if for any reason you start to feel unsafe when you're on a visit. If you're on a joint visit with another professional or another social worker, before you're going into the home, you need to have a think about a phrase or a word that one of you can use to signal that it might be wise to step outside and have a break. And this is going to be helpful for any situation. It might not necessarily be about safety. It might just be that things are becoming emotionally heightened or tense when you're in somebody's home. Knowing that you can say, oh, I'm sorry, I've just left something in the car. I need to go and get it. Or I'm sorry, I've got to nip out and take a phone call can be really useful when you might just need a breather. 
Remember, if you're alone and things start to feel unsafe in a situation that you're in, leaving a property is the safest thing for you to do. It means that you have space to contact a manager and speak to somebody. It means that you can wait for somebody to join you if you need to go back in. It does take confidence to leave a situation when it starts to feel unsafe and it's definitely a skill that is going to be built over time. My hope for you by listening to this is that by planning logistics and thinking about safety, it's going to alleviate some anxiety for you about home visits. It is normal to feel nervous before you go on a home visit. If you think about it, it's a really strange scenario. You're entering somebody's home, you're going in with an agenda, whether you like it or not, because you're a social worker. You're using lots of skills at the same time and it can be really overwhelming to hold lots of different things in mind. Often you can't predict what people are going to say or do. Again, that's not assuming that there's going to be something dangerous or unsafe that happens, but you might be asked different questions, you might get different responses. You're constantly having to respond to things in the moment and that's really tiring. If you've rushed to a visit, taking time to do a few deep breaths in the car or outside before you knock on the door is always going to help you if you're feeling anxious. Taking a second to notice your feet on the ground, having a sip of water or even just repeating something positive to yourself, it's all going to make a difference. It's really important to remember that as strange as it might feel for you, the person who's about to open their door to a social worker is likely very, very scared. They might not seem it, but they probably are. It doesn't matter how lovely you might be, you're the face of social services and we know that the dominating narrative in the media is that social workers take children away. Now, you and I know that things are much more complex than that, but the people that you're going to be visiting will be fearful and anxious and have a lot of preconceptions about social workers. If it's not something you've experienced before, do think about how hard it must be to let a stranger into your home. Not just a stranger, a social worker with the power to uproot your life, someone who can take away control over your day-to-day life. That's a really scary thing to do. So as anxious as you might be, the people that you're visiting will be feeling the same, but even more. We need to remain really conscious of that. I hope this episode has helped you in terms of planning, thinking about logistics, planning for safety and managing anxiety. None of these steps that I've talked about need to take a huge amount of time, but they will make so much difference to your mindset when you arrive to a visit. If you found this episode helpful, please leave me a rating, a review, and please subscribe so you're notified when the next episode comes out. Episode three is going to be looking at that first knock on the door. But before I go, I'd invite you to stop wherever you are, close your eyes if you feel comfortable, and take a breath. Never underestimate the power of stopping to breathe. Thank you so much for listening. Take care.